This is Larry Bertrand. Welcome to another session of Explore the Bible series, continuing the book of Jeremiah study, lesson number 11, scheduled for August 13, 2023. God's people must never trust their own understanding over God's commands. Key verse for today's lesson is Jeremiah chapter 42, verse 6. Whatever is favorable or unfavorable, favorable, we will obey the Lord our God to whom we're to whom we are sending you, so that it will go well with us, for we will obey the Lord our God. We are looking at Jeremiah chapter 42, verses 7 to 22 is our key passage. Here we're going to identify some options Jeremiah delivers as God's message to the people. We'll gain insight into the political and military events that set the stage for this passage. We'll understand that even though our daily circumstances may vary greatly from those of the Jewish refugees, our need to trust God is just the same. So when have you received a, when have you received clear instructions but decided to ignore them? Ever happened to you? We're going to discover that many people know about God's Word, but they fail to follow through on what they know uh, by living out His commands. So in today's study, we will see how Jeremiah explained to the people of Judah the consequences of hearing God's wise counsel but choosing to go their own way. We also can examine our own lives and see where uh, we tend to trust our own ideas more than do God's plans. Looking at the background, chapters 40 all the way to 45, uh, in this section of Jeremiah, after Jerusalem fell, the Babylonians permitted Jeremiah to return to his people. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, appointed Gedaliah as governor over Judah, and Jeremiah uh, stayed with other people in the land. More Judean refugees also returned from surrounding countries and submitted to Gedaliah's rule. Some warned Gedaliah that Ishmael's son of Nethaniah uh, intended to kill him, but Gedaliah did not, did not believe it. A short time later, Ishmael did kill Gedaliah and took a large number of captives with him to Ammon. The captives were 
rescued by Ishmael's, but Ishmael escaped. Uh, the group then prepared to head to Egypt because they feared the Babylonians might, what the Babylonians might do in response to Gedaliah's murder. The de delegation's le leaders approached Jeremiah seeking God's direction and uh, promising to obey whatever he said to them after... Ten days, Jeremiah told them that the Lord wanted them to remain in Judah. However, the leaders rejected the council and went to Egypt anyway, taking Jeremiah and Baruch with them. God warned them that Nebuchadnezzar would come to Egypt and they would not escape. So Jeremiah pronounced further judgment against the Jewish population that settled in Egypt. He said their idolatry, uh, their idolatry back home had led to Judah's ruin. Now they were to, they were worshiping idols again in Egypt. However, the people insisted that their troubles had begun when they started listening to Jeremiah and forsook their pagan gods. And so they, the prophet sharply rebuked the people and disaster came on them because uh, of their evil. They, they might continue their wicked ways in Egypt, but judgment would assuredly follow them there. So Nebuchadnezzar uh, would defeat uh, Pharaoh Hophnia just as he had defeated Judah. Jeremiah 45 records an event from evil king Jehoiakim's fourth year uh, when Baruch, Jeremiah's scribe, was recording Jeremiah's prophecies. So as Jeremiah's scribe, he suffered along with the prophet during the persecution. The Lord gave Jeremiah a message to encourage Baruch. He said, Indeed, Baruch should not seek <clears throat> great things for himself, uh, that he would escape with his life, uh, from as many others would not. So we look at the uh, first section of the passage we're looking at today, Jeremiah 42, verses 7 through 12. As I read these verses, listen for the choice God offered the people of Judah. Ten days later, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, so he called together uh, Jehoiaman, son of Carion, and all the army officers who were with him, and all the people from the least to the greatest. He said to them, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, to whom you sent me to uh, 
to represent or to present your petition says, this is what the Lord says, if you stay in this land, in other words, Judah, I will build you up and not tear you down. I will plant you and not uproot you. For I have relented concerning the disaster I have inflicted on you. Do not be afraid of the king of Babylon, whom you now fear. Do not be afraid of him, declares the Lord, for I am with you and I will save you and deliver you from his harm. I will show you compassion so that you will have compassion on so they will have compassion on you and restore you to your land. Sounds like a good word the Lord has Jeremiah to share. So in these verses, one of the commentary studies says, Jeremiah prayed for the people. So here's what he prayed. Uh, Ten days later, God answered his request. Jeremiah called together all the, the group and gave them God's answer. Here's the answer. If you would stay in the land, God promised to build you up. Uh, they were not to be afraid of the Babylonians because God would deliver them from harm and from the hands of the Babylonians. Indeed, God's word that Nebuchadnezzar would have compassion. In other words, he would show tender concern. Uh, it's a characteristic not usually associated with the Babylonians. But he said, if the people submitted to the Babylonians, God promised that Nebuchadnezzar would restore them to their land. Incredible promise. Who could resist such a promise? So we'll see how the people responded. So how does fear cause a person to question their beliefs and confidence in God. Let me call attention uh, to this statement. If the people obeyed the Lord, he would plant them back in the land. He would rebuild them. He would protect them. God would then uh, wanted them to enjoy the blessing of restoration. Reconciliation follows discipline and obedience. God disciplined his people because they had sinned, but he also moved his message toward reconciliation once the season of judgment had passed. So the people of Judah feared Nebuchadnezzar and the power he held over them, and God wanted his people to trust him and not to fear Nebuchadnezzar. Now we turn to chapter 42, verses 13 through 18. As I read, listen for the consequences that would follow if the people rejected the choice God offered them. However, if you say we will not stay in this land 
and so disobey the Lord your God? And if you say, no, we will go to live in Egypt where we will not uh, see war or hear the trumpet or be hungry for bread, then hear the word of the Lord, you remnant of Judah. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. If you are determined to go to Egypt and you go there, go to settle there, then the sword you feared will overtake you there and the famine you dreaded will follow you there into the land of Egypt, and there you will die. Indeed, all who are determined to go to Egypt to settle there will die by the sword, the famine, and the plague. Not one of them will survive or escape the disaster I will bring on them. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says as my anger and wrath have been poured out on those who live in Jerusalem, so will my wrath be poured out on you when you go to Egypt. You will be a curse and an object of horror, a curse and an object of reproach. You will never see this place again. So let me point out that this happened after the city was destroyed in 586 B.C. Notice that Jeremiah was still living among the exiles who came to him to find out if God wanted them to go to Egypt. And let me also emphasize that God did not force the people to obey him. He gave them the choice. Looking at Expositor's commentary on verses 13 to 18, the path of disobedience with its consequences is now presented specifically. Uh, the refusing to stay in the land and the refusing to obey the Lord's voice and the choosing instead to go to Egypt under, under the assumption that there the, they will find safety and refuge from the storm of war. Should the remnant would, should the remnant end up making that decision, we see in verse 15, the very things they hope to escape, the things they dreaded and worried about, those things will overtake them there. <clears throat> Compare that to the covenantal curse in Deuteronomy 28, verse 60. So when the things that they dread uh, come upon them, uh, contrasting uh, the confidence of, of, of godly men, in Jeremiah 7, and there they will go and die in that land. The people do not understand that the protection is spiritual, not spatial. 
that it is only right relationship with God, not right location uh, that would deliver them. So here the penalty for disobedience is especially severe. Not a single one of those who chose to go to Egypt, according to Scripture, will survive. The Hebrew here is emphatic. Uh, there will not there will not be a survivor. There will not be a one who be one who escapes. Instead, <clears throat> the deadly trilogy of disaster will wipe them out. Indeed, in contrast to the tender and gracious words of verses 10 through 12, the disobedient remnant will meet with the full force of God's anger. Jerusalem was devastated by the very same uh, smoldering wrath of God. They will become a curse and a desolation, a reproach and a byword, and they will never see their homeland again. So Jeremiah has now set before them the way of life and the way of death. The Lord gave them a choice, but he also explained the consequences of making wrong choices. So this reminds us that God's character never changes. He is righteous. He is just. He will always do what he promises, what is expected of him. So before Jerusalem was destroyed, God gave his people the choice to obey or disobey. Now, after the city had been devastated, he still gave his people a choice. God never changes and God never forces us to honor him. He allows us to make those choices. So the people heard the consequences of disobedience described even more. They had witnessed firsthand what disobedience could lead them. Yet they still considered ignoring God's directions and trusting in their own plans. So we look at the final section of Scripture, verses 42 to, excuse me, verses 19 to 22, chapter 42. We see here where Jerusalem's stern warning is given to the people. Verse 19. Remnant of Judah, the Lord has told you, do not go to Egypt. Be sure of this. I warn you today that you made a final, that you made a fatal mistake when you sent me to the Lord your God and said, pray to the Lord our God for us 
tell us everything that he says and we will do it. I have told you today, but you still have not obeyed the Lord your God and all that he's sent me to tell you. So now, be sure of this, you will die by the sword, famine and plague in the place where you wanted to go settle. So let me point out that if the people disobeyed God's instructions and fled to Egypt, they would experience great devastation. Now, uh, note that the very things they feared would follow them if they ran away from God. So let me affirm that in delivering God's message, Jeremiah made the consequences clear to them. Jeremiah, we see in the commentaries, Jeremiah concluded his message by repeating God's command not to go to Egypt. God knew the people's hearts and warned them that they had made a fatal mistake when they asked Jeremiah to pray for them. For though they have bowed to everything God said, uh, when his word finally came, <laughs> though they had bowed to obey, they refused to obey it. So Jeremiah warned them that the thing, that these things could be, they could be sure of, uh, that they would die by the sword, by famine, and by the plagues. This would happen to them if they went to Egypt. So why would someone ignore God's counsel, and then, uh, or why would someone ask? For God's counsel and then ignore it when they hear it. Happens every day, doesn't it? What does it reveal about people's hearts if they reject God's plans despite knowing about God's faithfulness and His promise to be a blessing to us? Let me point out that it became obvious to Jeremiah that the people had no intention of doing what God told them to do. These are the same deceitful, disobedient people after the destruction of Jerusalem as they were before it. They were willing to listen to God as long as God told them what they wanted to hear. And they already had made up their minds to do what they wanted to do. So the applications for this week's lesson, believers demonstrate trust in God by obeying him. That's how we show God we trust him. We do what he says to do. Trusting our own plans and judgment ultimately leads 
to destruction in our lives. And then finally, failure to follow God's counsel reveals a person's true heart. So pray that we would each strive to obey the Lord completely in the days ahead. Close with a beautiful hymn, Trust and Obey. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what a glory He sheds on our way. While we do His good will, He abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. And the chorus is, trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Lord, thank you that you give us the choice to believe and trust in you. And I pray that even in this very moment, we will make a commitment to do that. Not just now, not just this week, but for the remainder of our life. We will trust you. We will obey you. Speak to us and we will respond. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.